0: comfort for our hearts as I said the family are very grateful to see so many here today to uphold them at this sad time the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament of the Bible has these words to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing a time to get and a time to lose a time to keep and a time to cast away a time to rend And a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. It's a time to mourn, and a time to give thanks and we can combine those thoughts as we sing together the psalm on the service sheet there psalm 23 the lord's my shepherd i'll not want he makes me down to lie in pastures green he leadeth me the quiet waters by if we can let's stand to sing these words together The Lord smiles. Malcolm McLean, the minister of the congregation, Murdo's minister, if he would come and lead us in prayer and read to us from God's word. Thank you,
1: <clears throat> Shall we pray? Our gracious God, we would give you thanks that in the midst of sadness and bereavement around the sad circumstances of death, that we can come to the living God. The one who is above all the circumstances of time. And yet Although you are so high, you also understand the distress, the sadness, the sorrow of those who have lost one they loved so dearly. You tell us in your word, in your day of trouble great, see that you call on me and Lord eh, we come to you the God of all comfort not only the God of the totality of comfort but the God of every kind of comfort and we pray that your comfort would be given to those that mourn, to to Iris. We pray, Lord, that you would be with her just now. Remember Mary and Ian, and help them and the grandchildren and the other relatives. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who is present, not merely in the sense of being everywhere, but you are the one who can be present in particular ways, and that you have said you can be our refuge and our strength, a very present help. And we just ask, Lord, that in your mercy, you would draw near. We give you thanks for Murdo's life and all that he meant. We pray then that you would just remember us in our service. We thank you for your word, your word which opens up to us things that otherwise we would not know or see. And as we read it just now. May it be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So bless us, we pray, for your own name's sake, amen. Now we can read from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, and we'll read verses 50 to 58. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall I put on incorruption, and this mortal shall I put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written: Death is swallowed up in victory. O death for as much as you know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. And may God bless that reading.
0: Thank you, Malcolm. At the beginning, I didn't introduce myself, and perhaps some of you are wondering who I am and what I'm doing up here. Uh, My name's John Ross, but then before Malcolm became the minister, I was minister here from 2002 to 2000, I think it was eight, and I was Murdo's minister. Uh, Now, when sad circumstances that happened happened, uh, it was discovered that Murdo had left quite a number of instructions against such an occasion and one of them was that he wanted me to take part in the service today. Uh, That's that's why I'm here, that's why I'm an interloper uh, coming in. Uh, uh, But Murdo not only left instructions about who was to take part in the service, he also left an outline of his life. Uh, He wasn't going to leave anything to chance, not allow people to get it wrong. Uh, He was meticulous, as we all remember, and uh, he set out the facts as he understood them himself uh, in this document, which was found amongst his papers. So I'm reading to you what he wrote himself. Uh, He writes in the third person as if he's writing about someone else. Murder was brought up in Kilmurlewig, in the north end of Skye, where he attended Kilmure Primary, and Portree High Schools. Like many of his fellow Islanders, Murdo went on to study at Glasgow University and Jordan Hill College of Education. He first entered the professional world as a teacher of mathematics in a Glasgow secondary school. During his time, he was a a student. Murdo met Iris, his girl from Donegal. And he doesn't tell us any (laughs) more. He says she's the love of his life, with whom he had the privilege to spend the next 55 years. And of course, he left that blank. And we filled in that detail. From the time of their marriage in 1965, they were inseparable. And whenever they were seen, their very special bond was clearly visible. Following marriage, Murdo and Iris moved north to Inverness, where Murdo took up a post teaching mathematics in Inverness High School. In his three years at the high school, he formed friendships that he treasured throughout his life. His next post was that of deputy head at Ragmore Primary School. And three years later, he became head teacher, a position he held for eight years. Again, he formed bonds in the school and surrounding community, which continued to his death. During his time at Ragmore, Murdo studied for and gained his second degree. From here, he left the classroom behind and moved into the divisional education office and subsequently ended his professional career as an area education manager. From an early age, he loved fishing particularly rock fishing near his home in Skye. He spent very many hours at that activity. Murdo was a member of the Nairn Golf Club for over 20 years and twice a year joined a group of friends on golf outings. When asked, do you play golf? He would always answer, well, I go out on the golf course. With this same group of friends, Murdo made many short trips abroad, widening his horizons. He loved following sport, especially his beloved Inverness Cali Thistle. Murdo's father Lachlan was a joiner, part-time crofter, and this gave Murdo the very best of starts in the practical world of life. (coughs) He learned all the skills associated with crofting and with his father's construction and woodworking abilities. All this gave Murdo a lifelong interest in practical projects, not only in his own home, but also in those of family members. Murdo's mother in particular instilled a strong Christian attitude in the home and her love for her boys helped mold them into well-rounded men. Regrettably, Murdo lost his only sibling, his brother Duncan, at the age of 57. The closeness of the brothers was obvious throughout their time together. 1967, Mary was born and Ian arrived 1969. Murdo and Iris were delighted with six grandchildren when they duly arrived, two in Switzerland and four in Edinburgh. Like all grandparents, Murdo doted on his family and was always particularly happy in their company. And that's where he put his full stop. Now the family want to reciprocate. Murdo's had his say, and they would like to have theirs. So we have uh, Ian, and um, Ian and uh, Anne, and Ian coming up to do a family tribute you going first Ian yes Yes. just come up around here
2: dear grandpa on July 2nd 2001 you received your proudest title as a grandpa with the birth of Annie here next to me Three months later, you got your only grandson, who I am proudly representing here today. Following us, you received another four granddaughters. Isabella, Rebecca, Katie and Beth, which led me to be your favourite yet only grandson. (laughs) I was and and still am very proud of this title, but there's something I never told you. I'm so lucky to be out of the competition for your favourite granddaughter. All five are beautiful, kind, intelligent, Sorry, beautiful, kind, intelligent, and are becoming amazing young women. I'm very proud of each and every one of them, but I'm glad no matter what I did, I would always stay your favourite grandson. Over the years, I was able to save some core memories with you, one of them being the Cali games. Every time I was over on holiday, and there would be a game on, you'd get me a ticket right next to you. Before we left for the stadium, I received your loose change and was sent to the corner shop to get some sweets for the game. You know, I wasn't a big football supporter, as I prefer my own sport in ice hockey, but I enjoyed every Inverness SFC game with you. I would follow the results when I was back over in Switzerland and every time I would, they would lose I'd ask you on FaceTime what happened or if you didn't cheer loud enough. <laughs> Besides the football we shared an interest in golf. Before I continue I know for a fact that this is also a core memory for my dad. <sighs> it was when the three of us went to play 18 holes in Inverness, and later on in Three generations in one flight. Walking, talking, laughing, and in between of all that, hitting a wee ball into a hole. (laughs) Thank you for those many and more memories which will replay endlessly in my mind, and stories of you that I'll hopefully be passing on to my own children, and maybe grandchildren one day. I couldn't end without thanking you from the bottom of my heart for being my biggest supporter. You were always so proud of me, no matter what it was. It was for my ice hockey, my education, my growth mentally and physically, or the latest, my year-long service in the army. I learned so much from you, and I hope to to someday become a grandpa, just like you. Thank you for everything. I hope I'm still making you proud today, tomorrow, and in all the following days. I love and miss you so much.
3: My dear grandpa, I must admit that it did not come easily to me finding the right words to express the profound impact that you have had upon my life. However, what I do find easy is saying thank you. Thank you for being one of the most important and influential figures in my life. Thank you for being a proud and doting grandpa. I will always remember your proud face when I first did that silly wee penguin dance. How patiently you sat when I put about a hundred hair clips in your hair. And how you cried when I told you that I got my degree. I intend to cherish every article clipping that you've sent me from the law firm that I'll be working in. These small gestures let me know how proud you were of me. I can only hope that you knew just how proud I am to have been able to call you my grandpa. Secondly, I want to say thank you for showing us what true love and dedication look like by looking after Granny till your very last breath. For every cup of tea you poured her, for every time that you brushed her hair and for every time that you made her laugh. I can only hope that one day, I will be so lucky and someone will love me like you loved her. Thirdly, I want to say thank you for setting an example of how to be the most loving and supportive father possible. I have grown to understand where my dad learned everything and I get why he's so proud to call you his dad. Finally, I just want to end by saying thank you. Thank you for giving me so many reasons to say thank you. I also want you to know that your absence will be deeply felt and that the joy you brought into my life will be forever missed.
4: How do you follow that? So I think they've thrown me under the bus here talking after them and then I wasn't going to get emotional but you got me. Malcolm, when he came round to the house, said, I must have seen the fear in my eyes when I volunteered to do this, because he said, don't worry, the lectern's tall, no one will see your legs. (laughs) You, You can hold on to it, and you can stop when you want, so bear with me. Our father was a good man. I've chosen these words carefully, as firstly, he would not have liked us to call him a great man, at least not out loud. I might have got away with saying very good, but even now I don't want to push it. Secondly, I said our father rather than my father, because as my sister constantly reminds me, he has been her father for one year and nine months longer than he's been mine. (laughs) I cannot begin to describe how much my dad meant to me, but hopefully, over the coming weeks and months, I will speak with many of you and remember him. But today, we would like to hear your memories of him. Mary and I have been lifted by many of the stories people have told us over the last two weeks. We would ask that you continue to share these stories today with Mary and her husband Urs, my wife Angela and I, and all our children. The family would like to thank all of the people who have supported our parents, not just over the last couple of weeks, but over the last few difficult years. We hope to thank as many of you as possible, but appreciate that many acts of kindness will be overlooked and we apologize for this. Our father was born in September 1939, the month and the year that World War II broke out, actually when I heard his words today I'm just repeating what he said which is, is, is strange but nice. He was brought up in Kilmaluig in the north of Skye, attended school in Portree and then moved to 60s Glasgow where he met our mother, a beautiful young girl from Donegal. This is not exactly the profile of a man. You would, be, you would expect to be in touch with his feelings and express his emotions. However, he repeatedly told us, and his six grandchildren, Ian and Rebecca, Annie, Isabella, Katie and Beth, that he loved them. He would happily say this face to face, on the phone, by text, and even on FaceTime. Email and WhatsApp were just a bridge too far. All of us experienced FaceTiming Venice, excitedly waiting to see Granny or Grandpa's face, only to be greeted by an image of the curtain in between their two chairs. Maybe Granny's right arm or Grandpa's left ear. Grandpa would always take the subsequent teasing in the manner it was intended, and this just made these calls even more special. Our father loved all of his family, his love and devotion. To his wife, our mother, granny, was a joy for us to watch. Many other people have mentioned this to us. Whenever we would comment on how attentive and helpful he was, he would always respond, she would have done the same for me. On the back of today's order of service, which Mary has arranged so well, she's put a photograph of their wedding day, the 2nd of April, 1965, and he told us that on that day he made a promise, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health till death do us part. And he kept that promise. Our father was a good man. He gave his life to his wife and our family. But unfortunately, after 84 years and two days, he just could not give us any more. And we will all miss him.
0: Thank you very much for those words. That cost a lot to do, and it's greatly appreciated. Thank you. The sudden, unexpected death always strikes hard, and it often brings with it a sense of helplessness and disorientation, as well as a huge sense of loss and deep sadness. So where do we turn At times such as this, how can we regain our emotional equilibrium once more? Where can we find peace for troubled minds? Who can comfort us in such sadness? Friends? Family? Healthcare professionals? There are some here today. The church? Well, yes, certainly. But also, no. The help that others can give, wonderful and appreciated as it is, is always limited and finite. To meet our deepest needs, We have to reach beyond what is finite to the infinite, to God. So please listen to these words that I read now from St. Paul's letter to the Christians in a place called Philippi. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. at a time of stress and grief and loss and sadness. I don't think that there is a more reassuring and comforting passage in the whole of the Bible than the one I've just read. And these words of comfort, in the very first place, call us to remember. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Just for a few moments, let's think about the Lord's coming in in three different ways. First of all, the Lord comes at the end of time. Time, as we know, is moving. It's not static. It's going forward to a moment when it will cease. We all sense this. We're all aware of the limitations of time. But more important than our sense of it, the Bible teaches it. Now, the end of time will not be the result of a nuclear war or global warming or collision with an asteroid or some other great catastrophe. Time will end when Jesus, the Lord of time and history, comes back to this world. This is what he says therefore you must be ready for the son of man is coming when you don't expect Christians have always held on to the hope that Christ will come that he will come in justice to put all wrongs right that he will hold to account all who've ever lived and in a world shot through With inequity and injustice and corruption and selfishness and exploitation, we surely find it hugely encouraging that Jesus has not abandoned this world and he will come again. And the question is are we ready? Then the Lord can be said to come to us in death. We're reminded of that so deeply today. At times, when things are going well, when we're in good health, we can be tempted to think that life will just go on and on and on endlessly, but it won't. The fact is that my life and yours has a use by date Jesus has that date in his calendar. And he'll be on time. I don't know when he'll come. But I'm looking forward to it. And I need to be ready. And when Jesus comes to take me in death, that will be really wonderful. I'm sure many of you know C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia. Well, in the last battle, which is the last book in that series, there's a passage that glows with the wonder of Jesus coming for his people in death. The lion, Aslan, who of course is really Jesus, is comforting the Pevensey family, who suddenly and unexpectedly have just arrived back in Narnia? This is what he says: "There was a real accident, real railway accident," said Aslan softly. "All of you are, as you used to call it in the Shadowlands, dead." And as he spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion. But the things that began to happen after that were so great and so beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories. And we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. And now at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. Jesus comes for us in our death. Are we ready to go to him? And there's a third way of thinking about the coming of the Lord, a way that prepares us both for his coming again at the end of time or for his coming to us in death. Jesus comes to us when we come to him. Frequently in the New Testament, in his own words, Jesus invites people to come to him. And through those words, he invites us to come to him right now, perhaps for the first time, or as it were to come again. And as we do, we experience his love and his comfort and his peace. There's really no need to wait. knowing all about our heavy hearts and our burdened spirits, he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Jesus is looking on us with deepest compassion and love, and he's saying, don't try to struggle on independently, carrying loads that are far too heavy for you to bear, give me the burdens, your fears, your worries, your griefs, your cares, your troubles, and the biggest of all burdens, your guilt. You can't carry that load. But I can. I'll take those crushing burdens and give you something in return. My rest and my peace. God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. We can come to Jesus by responding to his invitation. Listen, says Jesus, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open the door. I will come in, and we shall share together as friends. What might that knock sound like? We might hear it through an unexpected event, a sudden upset, a grief. We might hear it in a service like this, Or in a Bible reading. Or a psalm or a hymn. In a moment of realisation, we wake up to the fact that the love of Jesus is drawing us to him. So whatever you do, don't block that knock. Don't shut your ears if you hear my voice. Open the door. When we moved to the north, so many of the Greyfriars' people, including Murdo and Iris, gave us a lovely welcome. And it was in these words: "Don't be a stranger to us." "Oh, don't be strangers," Elizabeth was included. And Jesus is saying exactly that through these circumstances today. Don't be a stranger to me. And I'm saying to you, make him your friend by saying, Lord, I'm so glad that you're not. Come in. Make yourself at home. And when Jesus is our friend and redeemer, the warnings of his coming again don't sound ominous. It's the visit of a friend. And death loses its sting, as we were reminded. Because in it, it's the coming of a friend. So, remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus let's bow our heads together in prayer almighty God we are reminded today of our mortality and the closeness of death like a flower we blossom and then wither like a shadow we pass away O oh Lord To whom can we turn for help, except to you? In your mercy, flood our distressed hearts with your comforting love and redeeming grace, so that we may now and always experience the peace of God that is far too wonderful for words. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Murdo requested that the last psalm would be a Gallic psalm. Unfortunately, we do not have the words in the sheet. Some of you will be able to know those words, and I'm going to ask Callamehan to come and lead us, please, uh, in this icon. Can I ask you to stand, please? Oh Please remain standing for a moment i just want to share with you some of the information on the back of the service sheet which you may have already noticed after the service here in the church we go for the interment to kilveen cemetery and then after the interment you're invited back here to the church for refreshments that will be served the ladies of the church will be looking after us here Uh, Ian mentioned in his words uh, that they would very much appreciate it if people were able to share anecdotes and uh, stories of their experience of Murdo and Iris and uh, what that meant to them. Uh, You may simply want to write your name in a book and they would be very grateful if you do that. There's a book of condolences uh, in the vestibule of the church in the fellowship lounge. Uh, please make sure your signature goes in there these things mean more than you think Uh, when in years to come perhaps they'll look back and see those names so can I encourage you to do that now go in peace to love and serve the Lord and the blessing of God Almighty the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit be with us all amen please remain standing